It's midday here on KRVN. It's 11.30 on this Thursday. It's a windy one, and it's going to be a hot one at that as well. September 16th, Tyler Cavalli along with you. Speaking of the weather, in about 15 minutes, we'll get the latest ag weather update with Mr. Paul Perkins telling us uh, what kind of temperatures we can expect today and the next several days heading into this weekend. Jason Jorgensen is in as well with sports, and Dave Schroeder will step in to give us a look at how the business numbers are looking so far on this Thursday. But let's head out east to Husker Harvest Days with our own Susan Littlefield, who is now joining us. And Susan, how are things going out there near the Grand Island area? You know, it is the final day of Husker Harvest Oh, there we go. Clay hit the right button then. It's the final day here of Husker Harvest Days. It's definitely warming up, but the crowds are really decent for a Thursday. Good. That's that's fantastic. It's going to be a little bit windy. It's going to be a little bit warm, but overall, uh, we encourage everybody to still get out there. Oh, very much so. And this is what I like to call a ponytail alert day. And this includes the high school kids and young adults who have mullets. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So I guess if you're heading out there, if you have a mullet, uh, it's a ponytail day, apparently. It is. Okay. All right. Well, you have been forewarned by Susan Littlefield. Uh, while people are putting up their hair in a bun or a ponytail, uh, what do we have coming up on midday? Lots of great things happen at 1219. Bryce will be talking with the Nebraska FFA State Officers. They stop by here at Husker Harvest Days. Then kicking it off at 1245, we're going to get to hear from the NRD Hall of Fame inductee from the show. We'll get more details on their award and what made that person so special to get. That's going to come from Clay. And then back at 117, Bryce will be doing a midday feature. Comments from NCTA's Dean, Dr. Larry Gosen. So that's a Thursday from the farm team out here at Husker Harvest Days to a packed building that we have right now. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Good stuff. Enjoy the rest of Husker Harvest Days, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, that is Susan Littlefield. Uh, let's turn things over to Jason Jorgensen, someone who does not have to worry about Ponytail Day. Not at all. Uh, mullet Day at HHD does not affect me. <laughs> it you never have to worry about that no, now. I never have to worry about having a mullet. Hey, coming up in sports, uh, kind of an interesting take here from former Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops, who has uh, you know, given up his whistle for now to be a pundit on TV. Uh, he works for Fox Sports, and he was asked this week... What's wrong with Nebraska football? Why has Nebraska fallen off, whereas the Sooners were up, down, and been back mm-hmm. up the last 20 years when he helped kickstart things? I'll let you hear what he has to say about that. I'm interested in that comment. He says it all starts at the top. Of course it does. Which, which makes sense. So we'll touch a little bit on that. Also, we'll tell you about a top 10 football matchup tomorrow just outside of Hastings as Adam Central is ranked 8th. We'll take on 6th ranked undefeated Cozad. All right. That should be a fun one as well. Dave Schroeder is sitting in for Bob Rogan. How are stock numbers looking so far? Well, so far, the Dow Jones is down about 191 points, the S&P down 27, and the NASDAQ down 77 as well. And the latest Main Street index is out. The overall index declined for the fourth straight month, but remains in a range, indicating slower but positive growth for the next several months. All right, good stuff. Thank you very much. Let's head back out to Husker Harvest Days as we kick things around. Thanks.
It is time for a regional ag weather update brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins is joining us. Paul, you and I went to Husco Harvest Days yesterday. Uh, it was nice to get out and talk to the listeners and, and mingle with some friends and stuff uh, yesterday. Great crowd. Yeah, just a lot of people. And, you know, the neat thing about Husco Harvest Days, it's a, it's a great social event, too, because mm-hmm. I was kept running into people that knew other people I knew. Mm-hmm. Like, I talked to one person who ended up being... Uh, who was a cousin of a friend who actually hired my cousin, mm. and they're still good friends. <laughs> and in one, at one time, I talked to some people from way up in northeast Nebraska, and I know their son who was a neighbor here in central Nebraska. Mm. So you just never know who you're going to run into. You, you really don't. And, you know, Husker Harvest Day is obviously kind of a core listenership mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it's always get out there, uh, talk to the listeners, and uh, just meeting new people. And it's like, oh, oh, you're that person. Oh, <laughs> yeah. now I got a, a face to the, to the voice. So it always is. Is nice and interesting to see how people are listening to us, uh, you know, on the AM or on our FM translators as well. People are like, oh, yeah, I stumbled upon 98.5 FM. I had that a couple times yesterday. So it's always nice to get out and talk to them. And I, I get a lot of people that say, hey, I like listening to Alexa. I listed, you know, there you go. They'll tell Alexa to play KRVN about four or five times a day, they say. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, however you may be listening, we always appreciate it. However, today, uh, you're going to want to be listening because it's going to be warm and the potential later on today for some severe weather. Yeah, mainly across north-central Nebraska. Farther south, those rain chances starting to arrive mainly in the overnight, so the atmosphere will start to calm down a little bit. But there is that potential of some severe weather in north-central Nebraska, basically mullet to Broken Bow on into the north-central. A lesser chance the farther you go southeast, but definitely a lot different on the weather today. Temperatures right now in the upper 70s to the low 80s. Yesterday, it was very nice, uh, mm-hmm. just a nice breeze, but today more summer-like. <laughs> yeah, and uh, fairly windy as well. I mean, yeah. I could feel driving into work, the wind kind of pushing the vehicle a little bit out of the south. So some of those winds are uh, kind of a little nasty at times. And those southerly winds also pumping up a little more humidity. Currently, those two points in the low to mid-60s. So mm-hmm. if you're starting to feel that humidity, uh, you're definitely uh, wise to that. Most of our temperatures right now, upper 70s to low 80s. But we are seeing some temperatures more so in the mid to upper 80s over much of northern Kansas on it to southeast Nebraska. I mentioned this yesterday, or two days ago, actually, when it was a little bit cooler, uh, that that would have been the time to pick up pipe. And I had seen a couple of farmers <laughs> doing that. Today, maybe not so much. Yeah, and maybe you want to, maybe you want to postpone it to tomorrow because temperature is going to be in the 70s tomorrow. But, oh. And a big swing in our temperatures this morning. We had temperatures in the 50s yesterday. And this morning, we were mainly in the low 70s to get wow. the day started. Wow. So. wow. We're already seeing temperatures, though, in the 80s, and they're going to continue to warm up as the day goes along. Definitely. That's thanks to being just ahead of a cold front. Sunny and breezy conditions today. Those daytime highs expected to be about 15 degrees warmer than normal. Thunderstorms possible with a cold front for tonight. Some of those storms could be severe. Once again, that main severe threat from about Broken Bow and Mullen into north-central Nebraska, where the Storm Prediction Center is placing a slight risk of severe storms. Thunderstorm chances could linger into central and east areas for tomorrow, but just a slight chance. In behind that front tomorrow, temperatures almost 10 degrees cooler than average. Now, Saturday, we will be back to slightly warmer than usual on the temperatures before Sunday and one Monday, warm back into the mid-80s to around 90. 
windy, gusty southerly winds ushering in some warm and humid air. Thunderstorms possible with another cold front for Monday night. Still a fair amount of forecast model uncertainty as to just how high those thunderstorm chances will be. Much cooler air building in behind that front on Tuesday and Wednesday. But it's a cool down that's not going to last long into the long term. Overall, the temperatures will be warmer than normal for Nebraska and Kansas Tuesday through September 29th. Below normal rainfall is indicated for Tuesday through September 29th for Nebraska and Kansas. Some favorable signs for getting harvest underway. Checking the regional drought monitor, Nebraska dropped 2 percentage points to 16% drought-free. The drought-free areas include areas from Kearney down to Cambridge on over to Red Cloud and in much of the east. Most of Nebraska abnormally dry to a moderate drought. Severe drought is found from McCook to the southwest corner, much of the Panhandle, and right along the South Dakota border in the northeast. Kansas dropped 5 percentage points to 64% drought-free. There are some scattered areas of abnormal dryness in the north-central and southern parts of Kansas. Areas of moderate drought are found in northwest Kansas and from Ashland to Medicine Lodge. Key weather factors in the markets include heavy rain chances next week across the Corn Belt, heavy rain in Louisiana, and some timely rain for southern Brazil in the Midwest during the early to mid part of next week. There is a chance for some widespread rain where soil moisture is favorable currently for winter wheat planting. But towards the southern plains, the soil moisture for winter wheat establishment right now on the decline from recent warm and dry weather. The plains could see some heavier widespread rain next week, but it's still far from certain. Uh, as you head towards the Delta, towards Louisiana, still a lot of rain, heavy rain, and some flooding situations expected with Tropical Storm Nicholas continuing to move up the eastern coast. Central Brazil, or southern Brazil's rain chances will continue to favor the winter wheat and recharge the soil moisture for corn and soybeans. Central Brazil, they're still waiting for the start of the wet season, which looks to be delayed. Soybean planting will need more moisture, and the forecast models for central Brazil indicating mostly dry weather through the end of the month with only isolated rain towards Mato Grosso. All right, so one more time, what is the time frame and area for potential for severe weather uh, coming up today? Mainly this evening on into north-central areas of Nebraska. As you head farther to the south, south-central and southeast Nebraska into northern Kansas, those rain chances mainly look to be after midnight. Okay, all right, sounds good. Well, hopefully it's just rain at this point and no severe weather but for a full weather forecast where can somebody find that weather page krvn.com thank you paul on futures bryce duskin on the rural radio network joining you from husker harvest days once again and we're catching up with two of the nebraska ffa state officers members of the state officer team they are gracie Snyder of the who serves as the nebraska ffa state vice president also one of the state vice presidents is bailey robinson ladies appreciate you stopping by our booth today thank you for having us absolutely well you have been busy lately a lot of activities going on so gracie let's start with you and talk about uh, some of the recent things we'll go back and then we'll uh, come back to the more of the recent events state fair wrapped up and of course the nebraska ffa has a big role to play when it comes to that so what do the state officers do so the state officers got to spend the weekend at the state fair organizing the shows handing out awards all of that stuff and we really really enjoyed getting to interact with those members and see a lot of their SAE projects pay off in really big ways. And I believe you showed cattle, so uh, you probably blended right in at the State Fair, right? Yes, I really <laughs> enjoyed being there. Now, Bailey, another recent event that uh, you guys just wrapped up is the first of many EDGE conferences. For our listeners who are not familiar with that, what is EDGE? Yeah, so we recently just got back from our very first two EDGE conferences in Garing, Nebraska, and that's all about developing. Our theme for this year is personal development, where we focus with 
anywhere from 7th graders to 12th graders on their personal development, not only throughout this next year that they are chapter members, but also throughout their entire high school years and beyond. I won't put you on the spot for each of the locations, but you said you started in Gearing. Give us some of the other spots you'll be going to uh, over the next month or so. Yeah, so we'll hit Curtis, Norfolk, we'll have some in Norris, really all across the state. We really enjoy getting out there and seeing all the people in person. Okay, now let's look forward. We're looking back there. You're obviously at Husker Harvest Days a little bit this week, uh, out and about uh, visiting with some of the members. But coming up is the National FFA Convention. And Gracie, it's got to be uh, exciting to be back in person for that, right? Yes, we are super excited to be back in person this year and get to travel to National Convention and get the opportunity to meet other people from all over the place and get the chance to interact with those other state officers, too. Bailey, have you attended the National FFA Convention in the past? And if so, what are some of your favorite memories from that? Yeah, I have a couple times. Um, one of the favorite things that we get to do is just the stops along the way being there with all our chapter members. And also, my highlight of the National Convention is the dancing. I love dancing. And then getting to see all the expos and stuff. A big uh, delegation of Nebraska uh, students usually make the trip out there. So I'm sure everybody's excited to be back in person this year. Let's not forget another big thing on the horizon, Costa Rica. Tell me more about this, Gracie. So in January, the state officers are getting the opportunity to go to Costa Rica and explore the agriculture there and get the opportunity to interact with people in the agriculture industry on a scale that is much larger than we even imagined. And Bailey, it's, a, it's an educational experience going to Costa Rica. Have you heard about what are some of the highlights of the, of the stops on that trip? Yeah, so we actually get to tour a couple of the local um, universities where they'll be teaching us about um, the different ways that they really produce their products. That way we'll be able to bring it back to Nebraska. And also we get a tour like coffee farms, plantations, and see a lot of different things we don't get to see around here in Nebraska. Not quite like the uh, corn and soybeans we have here in the corn outskirts state. <laughs> Ladies, sure appreciate you stopping by here at our Husker Harvest Days booth. It's Gracie Snyder, Nebraska FFA State Vice President, and Bailey Robinson, another State Vice President. Enjoy Husker Harvest Days and uh, safe travels over the next few months, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm Brian Stuski reporting from Husker Harvest Days for the Rural Radio Network. It is time for Midday Sports. Sports Director Jason Jorgensen is joining us. And, well, if you haven't heard, there's a somewhat relatively big game coming up in Nebraska on Saturday. Yeah, uh, two programs, Nebraska and Oklahoma, celebrate the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. While Oklahoma has remained a power over the years, Nebraska has certainly slipped since last playing for a national championship in 2002. Former Oklahoma coach Big Game Bob Stoops, who now works for Fox Sports, says the problem for Nebraska starts at the top. It seems to me that there, there has to be some level of dysfunction throughout the athletic, athletic department, is in my view. Hmm. I don't know why or how, but to me, you never do it just by yourself. Scott Frost is not going to win there by himself. It's, it's the administration supporting you, the fan base. They always have a great fan base supporting you. A culture of winning starts with everybody. Pretty good stuff there from the enemy, or a guy used to be with the enemy. And he might not be totally wrong. Listen, when you have three ADs that have come in and out in the last, what, five years now, essentially, 
Uh, that certainly doesn't help. Now, I, I don't know how much that really affects the football team in general and their performance on the field, but I suppose as a coach, having that support and knowing there's some, uh, it's a little solid at the top, that makes maybe a little bit of difference, but. Although I don't think Scott Frost can say he's not received support. I don't know too many For coaches sure. midway through their second season of a losing year, you know, gets a big contract <laughs> extension that he yeah, did. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, that's a good point. We'll see. Stoops stepped into a good spot there when he took over took over for John Blake. John Blake could not coach, but he could recruit, and the cupboard right. was full for Stoops, who could coach. Got off to a good start, and the rest was history. You know, it's so interesting. I was thinking about this last weekend when I was watching Ohio State lose to Oregon. But when you had Meyer step away, you had Ryan Day. When you had Bob Stoops step away, you had Lincoln Riley. So certainly that has to help as well when you have a good predecessor or somebody that's under your tutelage that can step in there and basically carry the torch. Sometimes it's easier to keep it going than it is to get it started in the first place. Uh, Nebraska's last five out of the last six in this series. Huge underdogs on Saturday against third-ranked Oklahoma will have the game here on 880-KRVN. Hastings College volleyball team had their hands full last night, falling in three sets to Midland. Midland is the number one team in NAIA volleyball. Warriors were able to win that one in three. And it's a top-ten battle in Hastings tomorrow night as sixth-ranked Kozad plays at eighth-ranked Adams Central. The Haymakers are 3-0 and this year, while Adam Central is 2-1. and Co-Zed coach Jace Doolin talks about the challenge that awaits. Uh, they got some big guys up front. They're pretty physical on the line. Uh, line scrimmage is going to be key for us this week um, with making sure we can control the line and fill in our gaps with their zone scheme. Uh, and then just we got to get multiple guys to the football because their uh, tailback is a horse. He, he runs hard. He's a load to bring down. Kickoff is set for tomorrow night at 7. Now, Kozad's had a good start to the year with the wins over Gothenburg, Wood River, Shelton, and last week they outscored Sydney. I think after tomorrow night, we'll get a better read on what the Haymakers have. Yeah, that's kind of been how the last couple of years have gone for Kozad. Great start, but then you have teams like Carney Catholic that you got to play or Adams Central, and things usually don't go well on the opposite end. But Adams Central, while they're good, they're not, you know, they don't have the talent quarterbacks that they've had in the last couple of years either. And they get picked up by Wahoo as a right? good team, so. Yep. Maybe. Maybe things will be different for Cozad <laughs> tomorrow night at Adams Central. That is a look at sports. For more, find it anytime. KRVN.com. Shipping available. It is time for Midday News. Ellen Simmons has stepped in once again. Ellen will be on uh, later this afternoon yeah. as well. Uh, but for now, she's filling in for new. Well, not filling in. This is uh, main duties, I guess. In, yeah. in for news. Uh, a great radiothon happening really just up the road from us. Or down the road, down. I should say. Yeah. Down the road. Looking at my directions up, down. It's, it's on a hill. It's confusing when you're in a valley. <laughs> well, yeah. In Elwood, it's on a hill compared to where we're at here. So right. it's up, but down from here. It's yeah. <laughs> All right, we didn't come here for directions or anything like that, but the Team Jack Radiothon is going on right now. Yes, so today the Team Jack Foundation is hosting their ninth annual Radiothon live at the Home Agency in Elwood, Nebraska. Jim Baldonado, owner of the Home Agency, says they have been involved with the Team Jack Foundation for a while now. I believe this is the seventh year that we've been involved with for the Radiothon. You know, We've had it in Lincoln for a number of years, and about three or four years ago, we moved it to Elwood. The response out here in smaller communities is 
tremendous. The fundraising that we were getting out of Lincoln doubled and almost tripled once we moved it out to Elwood. And so uh, they keep wanting to bring it back to Elwood and, and the surrounding communities. And everybody out here does a tremendous job in supporting the Team Jack Radiothon. The Radiothon features stories from families affected by child brain cancer, as well as interviews with special guests that support the cause, such as Coach Tom Osborne, Larry the Cable Guy, and more. Tune in to any of the 25 radio stations airing the program today and donate by calling 855 855- Run Jack. You can hear the program on our station, K- Cami, 1580 AM and 100.1 FM. A new watchdog report warns that Nebraska's prisons face a persistent staffing crisis that has created dangerous conditions, including maximum security units that are going unstaffed for hours at a time and one incident where a tired employee fell asleep on the job. The inspector general of the Nebraska Correctional System warns in its annual report that the longstanding prison workforce shortage has become a, quote, mass exodus as burned out employees leave their jobs. The independent watchdog agency was created six years ago and reports problems in the prison system to the legislature. State officials say the state's low unemployment rate is part of the problem, although some lawmakers see higher pay as a solution. Two people have died from West Nile virus in eastern Nebraska this year. The State Department of Health and Human Services said both deaths were were confirmed this week within the territory served by the Three Rivers District Health Department, which includes Dodge, Saunders, and Washington counties in eastern Nebraska. Officials said both people who died with the mosquito-borne virus were older adults with underlying health conditions. So far this year, West Nile virus has been found in 12 Nebraska counties and 27 human cases have been confirmed. Last year, the state reported 15 human cases of the virus and one death. This weekend is the Scouts Rest Ranch landmark celebration at Buffalo Bill State Historical Park, celebrating 100 years of Nebraska State Parks. The free festivities start at 9 a.m. with a historical scavenger hunt. Tours of the Cody Mansion begin at 10 a.m., followed by old-fashioned games at 11.30. At noon, there are hayrack rides and a buffalo chip throwing contest. A plaque unveiling by the National Park Service and Nebraska State Parks will be at 2 p.m. honoring the designation of Scouts Rest Ranch and Buffalo Bill State Historical Park as a National Historic Landmark in January of 2021. For more information, visit yournebraskaparks100.org. That is 100. A park entry permit is required for vehicles entering the park. Well, if you'd like to find more news, you can go to krvn.com. Our best for you. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network. One of the great things about Husker Harvest Days is the fact every year it's a new member of the Natural Resource District's Hall of Fame. And the 2021 NRD Hall of Fame inductee is none other than Ted Hughes of the Upper Elkhorn NRD, actually from Antelope County. Ted, you were a farmer up there. You have been a part of NRD and a lot of projects really since the mid-1980s. So, A, I want to say congratulations to you on such an achievement coming across all this. But let's really, let's kind of start at the beginning. Why did you want to get involved with the NRD? Well, a friend of mine and neighbor had been on, and uh, he quit farming, so I was approached about being appointed on the board in 1986, and I've been there ever since. 
till I till I retired. So, and really, when you go through your resume, Ted, you have so many acolytes, it, it's really hard to just go through. So I'm just going to go through some of the top ones uh, that they talked about at the Hall of Fame induction. But that included enacting nitrogen studies in the Brazil groundwater management area. If you could kind of elaborate more on what that did and some of the results you may have encountered or came from that, the importance of it. Well, in, in northern Antelope County, uh, in the late 80s, there was already a nitrogen issue. And as we watched that nitrogen in the water, uh, nitrate levels, uh, the area traveled south, so we started enacting studies and uh, nitrogen seminars and tests and nitrogen application trying to stop that movement, and that was a lot of what we did in the, in the early years. So, Ted, it's amazing all the things. You were also very key in the development of Atkinson State Lake. Tell us, was there any challenges that you had really had to fight through, or was that kind of smooth sailing once you started helping develop the lake? Well, uh, that's a long time ago, but if, as I remember, the Alcorn River flooded and, and took the dam out, and uh, they had developed quite a nice park and camping area around that lake, so we assisted the city of Atkinson in uh, rebuilding that park and putting the dam back in. Definitely a lot of things that the NRD helps with and that you really help play a leadership role in all of that as well. Now let's talk about as well water sustainability. Of course the buzzword sustainability has really entered into a lot of folks' mind over the last five years but NRD, you guys have been thinking about sustainability and making sure we have water for future generations to continue ag production since I'm sure you've been involved with it in the mid-1980s. So from a sustainability prospect, how are we doing and how do we move forward continuing to ensure we're sustainable on our water and natural resources? Well, the Upper Elkhorn has uh, certified our irrigated acres so we can come up with a conjunctive use on a yearly basis. And uh, uh, the development of irrigated acres right now is curtailed to so many acres a year depending on the previous year's uh, water levels. And uh, we're the big challenge is balancing usage with availability because uh, if you overuse it, uh, it's, it's really hard to get the level built back up to a sustainable level. Let's talk about the fact that you have been a part of this for nearly four and a half decades, now retired. What is your message to other young farmers, ranchers? Why do they need to get involved with the NRD to make that next impact? Well, young farmers and ranchers in particular are affected by the decisions that their local NRD makes. And uh, a lot of people don't realize NRD boards are elected and they are representatives of, of their constituents. So uh, they need to be involved. And, and a lot of boards tend to be comprised of older people because they have the time. But young people need to be involved, take part, because the decisions made on those, board, on those boards directly affect uh, their livelihoods. Yeah, we're talking with Ted Hughes, the 2021 NRD Hall of Fame inductee. Again, the Hall of Fame induction occurring here at Husker Harvest Day. So glad to have it back this year for this opportunity. Ted, I do want to make sure, though, important information, whether it be regarding NRDs or natural resources or anything that we've overlooked in our conversation. If not, final and closing thoughts for us. I was on the Upper Elkhorn NRD board for a long time, and then I was then on the, the State Association, which... There's 23 NRD districts, and each district sends a representative to the state board. And uh, 
Uh, one of the big things we did while I was uh, on the state board was we developed a, an insurance program for the employees, and that's something I was very proud of, an accomplishment that, that we did when I was on the state board. That is Ted Hughes with the NRD, and again, the 2021 Hall of Fame inductee for the Natural Resources District. Ted, again, a farmer in Antelope County. He was a part of the NRD starting all the way back in 1986. A lot of acolytes to his career through that, though, not only continuing his farming operation, but becoming, throughout his time, a very active member in his NRD as well, going out participating statewide in groundwater management district associations, as well as groundwater management districts from across the U.S. to talk about how in Nebraska, farmers, ranchers, and other key stakeholders coming together to take care of the natural resources, take care of that water, and as we talked about in our interview, sustainability being their long-term goal, making sure we have clean, healthy water for generations to come. We appreciate and thank you for listening to the Rural Radio Network. District joining you from a Husker Harvest Days as we're catching up now with Dr. Larry Gosen. He's the Dean of the Nebraska College of Technical Agriculture in Curtis. The school year is underway, Dr. Gosen. How are things going so far for you? Well, I think things are really going well. Uh, enrollment's up. We were excited to uh, see an increase in numbers after I was looking at uh, numbers across the nation and in the region and seeing that a lot of schools are really struggling to get that enrollment up. A lot of students are really hesitant to, to commit to, to college this year for one reason or another. Uh, our enrollment is up a little bit. We're up about 6.4%. Uh, 232 full-time students, about 282, including our part-time students and dual credits. And so that's up a little bit from 218 last year. So we're, we're excited to have a good crew. All the programs have, have grown a little bit. And our, our animal science program really, I think, was the largest uh, recipient of the largest number of students. We had a nice big freshman class come in, and we kept a lot of our students from last year. So I think things are really looking up. Uh, students are really excited to be there. Uh, of course, we're hands-on. We're, we're live. Uh, we're not doing remote. So we're, we've got the kids out in the field doing things and, and working with the livestock and the critters, and uh, they're having a great time. NCTA really fills a unique niche here in the state of Nebraska, but it's not just Nebraska students that come to NCTA. I'm not sure all our listeners know just how diverse some of your students can be and how far-reaching they come to NCTA. <laughs> Coming to Nebraska from really all over the place, aren't um, they? We have them. Tech, literally, we have a student from Vermont in our equine program. We've got a girl from um, Alaska. We picked up one or two from uh, California. We've got them from Illinois and Texas. And, of course, uh, this faraway state called Kansas, we've got several <laughs> students from there as well. And about 20% of our student body comes from out of state. Uh, and that's uh, one reason is because we have the same in-state and out-of-state tuition. So a student can come in from, from out of state for that same price as the, uh, as the student that lives right there in Nebraska. And a plethora of scholarships are available to those students, regardless of whether they're Nebraska residents or they come from out of state. Well, you've been an NCTA here for uh, a little bit now, assuming this role as dean. Uh, talk about some of the things you have on the horizon in terms of your vision for the direction you'd like to see the college go. Well, we're, we're really looking at uh, trying to grow our programs. Uh, uh, Vice President Bame has given me a, a challenge to, to grow by uh, 
to double the enrollment in 10 years. So if we're sitting around 250, uh, our goal is to hit the 500. That's not an immediate thing. That's a little bit at a time. But we're going to grow those programs by growing the places where we know that there's a need in, uh, in the industry. We are a uh, college that focuses on workforce development. There are more jobs available than we have uh, people to fill them. And so our goal is to, to expand some of those programs. We're looking at uh, really doing some work this next year uh, to expand a little bit in the meat science program to get some students ready to go work in the meat uh, industry. We're also looking at feedlot management, trying to grow that program a little bit, and uh, always trying to grow our agribusiness management program because agribusiness management is really the key to anybody's success, is knowing how to manage that money and to grow a business. Entrepreneurship is the name of the game. NCCA Dean Dr. Larry Gosen joining us here at Husker Harvest Day. It's good to see you here in person. Appreciate you stopping by the booth. It's great to be here. I'm Brian Stuske reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Network check in now with John Payne, marketing analyst Daniel Zetmark in Chicago. I'm going to show the news this week in grain. And John, coming into the close of the session, that's where we see soybeans kicking back a little bit. Most of the strength is this is kind of a bounce back. It's been under pressure most of the week. Interesting dynamic, you know, to see beans up like they've been and not being led by the oil. Oil actually got smacked today. So, bullish crush news is going to be responsible for that. I think the the crush we saw yesterday was important to, to kind of base here, and it was it was good to see. It was certainly smaller than, than what we normally get at the time of the year, but I think that's more of a reflection of supply that's available right now. That'll change here. Should be starting to combine the role across a lot of the U.S. main parts of the growth regions here over the next two weeks, and you know I, I think the price reflects where uh, you know where the sentiment is at this point. I think the, the grains could be, especially wheat, maybe a little flat-footed right now especially what's going on overseas, but it's nice to see uh, the hang in here as, as you start to see stock markets sell off and a lot of things generally um, negative based around either uh, retail sales day of this morning that, that kind of confirmed, uh, you know, spending by the consumer. There's kind of a lack of need for quantitative easing and then uh, the uh, the jobs numbers that, that uh, you know, didn't reflect as much. So it's a, it's a push and pull here. I, I think we're, we need to be 530 to 550. So given the fact that we're starting to see some early harvest as well down in Texas, Oklahoma, uh, is there any concern right now with these early yield numbers or anything that really could be bullish to give us a pop to try and push up towards the upper end of this range? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think the market is where it is and really more of a function of uh, demand on the ports and, and reopening of U.S. logistics. You know, 530 to 520 price here has been the support level we saw. Uh, the USDA report even gave some negative news and we rejected that. I think $13 beans might be a little more of a tough nut to crack. I think China was involved in the export space this morning, but they haven't been as active as the, I think the, a lot of the polls would like. So I can see beans falling back a little bit here into the U.S. harvest uh, and then based on what, what's going to be coming down the pipeline in Brazil. That's really the uh, most bullish or the best bearish thing out there is that Brazil can get planted, in which they, they'll start planting here over the next two weeks if they can get a good growing season. They could have, you know, a third of the U.S. crop available more than they did two years ago. So they're just growth is astonishing. 
That is John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing, Chicago publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Of course, you can always learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Again, danielzagmarketing.com, the website to visit. Do remember, though, that trading futures and options of all risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. We're coming to the closing hours of Husker Harvest Day. Thanks, everybody, that stopped by the broadcast center. Thank you, Clay. Appreciate that. And, and thanks, yes, again, if you have been at Husker Harvest Days, thanks for stopping by. Still have uh, about two and a half hours before it officially closes here in 2021 edition. For the Midday Podcast, you can check it out at KRV.